Welcome back to Diamond Gems. I am your host, Jacob Coates, and today I am joined by my co-host and good friend, Greg. Greg, how is that kombucha tasting? It, it clears you out, that's for sure. <laughs> Greg has made a new discovery of Rise Kombucha. No free ads, but Rise Kombucha. And uh, yeah, he's he's been he's been enjoying his trips to the washroom lately. Said he's been feeling good. So, if anyone is is looking for a bit of a detox, rise kombucha. Yeah, you ever rode a water slide? <laughs> Dear God, what a graphic thing to paint in the mind of you, of our listeners right at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, Sunday morning, ten a.m. First thing you want to think about? Yeah, like clockwork, eh? <laughs> Something like that. For those of you that are new to the show, uh, we generally have three hosts on here, and uh, we are short one man today. Isaac is not able to join. That's all good. I got the Yankees fan on here. We definitely have some Yankees talk to do. So uh, he was the essential piece to this puzzle today. So, uh, Greg, I appreciate you jumping on here. Uh, For anyone else that is used to listening, and notices my sound might be off a little bit. I'm in a bit of an echoey room right now. Had to evade my normal recording studio because it is in use. So uh, if my sound is not great, I apologize. Please bear with us and know that by next week, I will probably have better sound. So don't don't leave us because of this, please. I'll try to make Greg talk more too so that, uh, you know, it's not just me echoing. The whole time. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. <clears throat> Let's start this out, first of all, by giving a shout out to an avid listener of our show, my father. <laughs> my dad called me yesterday at about, I don't know, 10.30 a.m. and said, guess what just happened? And I said, I have absolutely no idea what could have just happened. There's so many possibilities. Why don't you just tell me? And he told me he just got a hole in one. He he was calling me from the second green at Gray Silo Golf Course in Kitchener or in Waterloo, Ontario. And he was ecstatic. So Mikey, congratulations. 45 years of hard work as a golfer has finally (laughs) paid off. You know, the funny thing is he has a brother who got a hole-in-one who's just an absolute shit golfer. Just a terrible, like, the worst golfer ever. And he'd tell you that himself. I, the, he's the most self-deprecating golfer I've ever met in my life. Like, we go out and he, he hacks a ball into the woods and just, he, idiot, idiot, what the hell is that? Just a pleasure to golf with. But uh, he basically banked one off of a off of a hill before, and it rolled all the way down and went into the hole, and that was his hole in one. And uh, you know he's been letting my dad hear it for a long time that <laughs> he has a hole in one, and my dad doesn't. And so you know he can finally put that to rest. So congratulations, Michael. Just wanted to give you a little shout out. Were there were there any witnesses? Can this be read? Oh, okay, so it's official. You got someone signing off. He he's buying the course rounds and everything. Well, he was he was golfing with Isaac. So oh. If Isaac were here, he could attest to it. Got but it. Isaac was sending pictures. You know, he had a ball mark that was like a foot from the hole, and then you could see the ball in the hole. And then you know he got the of course had the pictures with his finger up, like he was he was living life. 
He's probably still rolling off the high right now. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's caught a wicked hangover this morning and after some celebration brews last night. Beautiful golf course also, Grace Silo, Waterloo, Ontario. Check it out. Home of the, what is it, the LPGA Canadian Open? I don't know if they do it there anymore. Um, I also don't know if it was like, I don't think it was like a, a Canadian Open. It was like the Manulife Financial Tournament or something uh-huh. like that. It was just, it was it was on the LPGA Tour. Um, I'm not sure. It, I think it's been a couple of years since they hosted it, but I used to work at that course and uh, there was a couple of years, yeah, that they, they had the LPGA and uh, yeah, pretty cool. I went to watch a couple of rounds there. It's good shit. Yeah. But this is not a golf podcast. If you want a golf <laughs> podcast, go check out Scramble Squad Pod. Uh, they're on Instagram. They're also on you know, Apple Music and uh, Spotify, all the places you can get your podcasts and shit like that. So go check them out. They are under the Shape by Sports umbrella. We are also under the Shape by Sports umbrella. That is at Shape by Sports on Instagram and shapebysports.com. And yeah, be sure to like and subscribe if you enjoy our show. Leave a nice review. Um, that's really the best way you can help us grow. And we would really really appreciate it so please do that for us if you if you if you if you're vibing you know the the seamless seamless transition from the hole in one to the scramble squad pod was wow it's like you planned it yeah (laughs) yeah i should mention too they're kind of on a brief uh they're taking a brief break from the show right now um they had their big masters episode recently which i actually was a I, i actually hosted uh, and which is rare i'm not you don't usually have to listen to me on there but <laughs> yeah uh they're going to be coming back soon uh, probably like mid-may with some more video content and a bunch of other cool shit they're just taking a little break right now so if you get there and there's no new episodes that's why they're coming just uh you know be patient okay show some fucking respect also, another quick shout out. It'll, I guess, transition into our next topic here. But big uh, 21st birthday for the little brother today. Andrew. Uh, yeah, 20, 21. Can you imagine? Last time I thought about that guy was he was turning what, 13. Um, <laughs> Honestly, I kind of thought he was older than that. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I, I it does seem weird to know that he's like in his 20s now. Yeah. Because he was always like, like really little bro. You know, but... I remember sneaking him beers when he was, I'll just say young. <laughs> I, I won't incriminate. To admit to a crime on the podcast? I won't incriminate myself. <laughs> <laughs> he had just turned legal drinking age and I was getting him beers. Yeah, it was it was the day of actually. Um, the, yeah. the reason I say that is because he's the biggest Miguel Cabrera fan you will find. Well, okay, we'll say uh, subjectively the biggest Miguel Cabrera fan that I know personally. And he was there to see his 500th homer. Yep. And there was, there was recently another milestone and you can hype it up. You can, you can another tell fucking seamless transition. We are killing it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Someone <laughs> signed us up to do a podcast. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he was there for the 500th homer. Absolutely loved it. He said the place was just bouncing. That was in Toronto actually. Um, it was. I don't know if you want to give a give a little intro for the the new milestone he hit. I mean, are you you're cool to roll with it too, man. You don't have to let me do everything. You know, people don't like my voice that much. I don't think. I'm I'm just kind of here, you know. I will. I will. Miggy, 
I'll pre- you want to do it? Yeah, do it. Do I, it. I just want to say, I'll, I'll preface this by saying I am not proud this past week to be a Yankee fan. I am proud of my team. I'm not proud to be a fan. But before we get too far into that, I just want to say that walking Miguel Cabrera in, was it the 8th or ninth inning, when he had a chance at 3,000, already over 3 on the day, I think. Yeah. I think that's... on Thursday. That was embarrassing. Because I would say... If anything, you want to give up the three thousandth hit. You want a little, a little press, a little media. You want to be the team he did it against. You'll, you'll get a little spotlight. But uh, they decide to do to pull out the underhanded maneuver of intentionally walking him in a game that fans were fucking pissed, man. Yeah, what it was? What a one nothing game at the time. Why are you going to intentionally walk Miguel Cabrera when you're down one nothing in the eighth or ninth inning? Why? I don't get it. Either way. Miguel Cabrera has officially joined the 3,000 hit club. Uh, do you have the stats on? He was the 33rd player. 32nd. Yep, 33rd. 33rd player. Member of the 3,000 hit club. And he's the only member of the 3,000 hit club with 500 homers and a triple crown. That is a That's very cool. very exclusive club. As, as cl- There's another another very exclusive club that he's a part of too. I'm not sure if you are aware of this, but uh, there's a very short list of players that have 500 plus home runs, 3,000 hits, and a plus like a 300 plus career batting average. The only people on that list, it's a it's a fantastic trio of Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, and Miguel Cabrera. Pretty good company. I I would want to be on a list with those guys, whatever the list would is. You- it's not too late, man. You got a shot. <laughs> By the time I made it to the big leagues, I'd be 30. So I don't know yeah. if that's going to happen. Oldest <laughs> You're guy. You're saying to... you could get to the big leagues in three years. That's all okay. <laughs> that's optimistic. <laughs> if I had Miguel Cabrera as a hitting coach, maybe. I can, I can make it work. MILB, AAA All-Star. No, that's... Well, Albert Pujols is what, like 56 now? He's still playing, so <laughs> no. you could just keep keep doing what he's doing. Your boy Nelson's still hitting nukes, and he's turning 75 this year? Yeah, about that, I think. Yeah, yeah. there's it, there's some real competition for the Veteran <laughs> of the Year award yeah. this season. <laughs> that's a bit of a callback. For those of you who don't know, I tried to implement a... I, I was trying to get people on board for a, a new player award at the end of the season called the veteran of the year award and uh, obviously my vote was the love of my life nelson cruz so yeah that's a, that's a bit of a callback you can go back and listen to our old episodes and hear more about that if, if that's something that interests you i'm not sure why it would i basically just explained the whole thing but anyways also shout- yeah miguel cabrera unbelievable career so far uh as greg mentioned he's a triple crown winner you know he 500 club 300 uh, it's a 308 batting average he's still got going i mean that's kind of getting drugged down by the day um so (laughs) hopefully by the end of this season which is i believe his last season i don't do you know if he officially announced that this is his last season no but he's gone after this year you don't want to ruin the legacy right you want to finish with that 300 average If, if i were him right now i'd retire be a part of that club yeah, well, I mean, he's he's just such a competitor that he's not going to want to retire if he thinks he can still help the team. And, I mean, that right now he he is helping the team. Just small sample size here, but he's batting 308, uh, 
737 OPS. That's a 126 OPS plus. He's he's doing all right so far this season. And, you know, last year even he was just like a slightly below average hitter technically for the year with a, a 94 OPS. So he's still like a serviceable hitter by by all counts. So, yeah. um, And he's not going to get the regular playing time anymore. He's kind of in a different role now where it's more of just a leadership role. Spencer, Tor- Spencer Tor- Torkelson, oh my God, is their full-time first baseman and, you know, kind of the guy of the future that they're hoping is going to be there long-term. So to have Miguel Cabrera hanging around there as a bit of a mentor for for young guys on the team like like Torque, um, I think that's more of his role now. And I'm sure there's a ton of value in that. Like, you're now franchise first baseman in Spencer Torkelson. Who better to mentor him than their greatest first baseman in franchise history, mm-hmm. Miguel Cabrera, right? So, Torkelson's got a just, huge yeah, future ahead of him. That guy's going to be a stud. You think so? Yeah. I haven't seen that much yet <clears throat> that has really impressed me. But, I mean, like you said, he's, he is very young. We'll see. Uh, just want to rhyme off some of Miguel Cabrera's career stats here. So, <clears throat> for his career... I actually sold him short. He's a 310 hitter for his career. 919 OPS, a 144 OPS plus. 502 home runs, uh, 1,800 RBIs. Yeah, guy's a fucking stud. Yeah, first ballot Hall of Famer. Easy. For sure. 68.8 career war, which is actually a little bit lower than I kind of thought it would be. But, you know. It is what it is. Normally, the average the average war I think for Hall of Famers is anywhere from like fifty to seventy is kind mm-hmm. of like the average range, and then you got guys like Barry Bonds that have like a one sixty six career war or some shit like that. Albert Pujols like is the, the elite. He's exactly one hundred right now. I don't know if you knew that. No, I didn't. Oh yeah, I actually I did because he, I think he went down last year. Like he was below. It. He was under the 100 career war, mm-hmm. and because he's actually got off to like a decent start yeah. in St. Louis this year, he has upped it again. So, kind of interesting. Yeah, he's hitting dingers right. back in St. Louis. It's like it's 2008. Yeah, I love it. I love <laughs> it. I, you know, I mentioned earlier uh, when we were talking about Albert Pujols returning to car- to the Cardinals, I was saying that it's like actually a decent situation for him because. He's not going to get every day at bats, so it's unlikely that we're going to see him, you know, get those 21 home runs that would make him a member of the 700 home run club. But he's in a good position to succeed right now where he's in like a platoon. But at this point in his career, he's been hitting lefties a lot better than he's been hitting righties. Mm -hmm. And so to get opportunities in the DH slot against good matchups for him, like his numbers this year should be better, I would expect, than they have been the last couple of seasons. So um, it's going to be a smaller sample size, but like higher quality when he's out there. I, I hope it continues for the rest of the season. And, I mean, we're definitely cheering hard for him to get 21 home runs this year. How many does he have? I think just like two. Yeah, I think he's got two. So Wait a second. 2022. Yeah, two home runs. 333 the guy is killing it didn't he hit a bomb his first game back or the first game of the year 
second game. Not sure. So he was on an 80 home run pace, I think, at one point. <laughs> um, oh, man. Yeah, he's a, he was one of those guys that you tune in to watch just because he had one of the prettiest swings in baseball. This this was a few years ago for sure. Back back when he was in his prime, not to not to burst any bubbles right now. I don't know if he thinks he's in his prime still, but back when he was in his prime, he was in incredible. Just to watch his swing, swing and miss, whatever it might have been. Mm-hmm. Iconic. Yeah, he's he's sick, man. Um, yeah, I mean, I, one more thing I just wanted to say is uh, my grandpa is. I'm just giving shout outs to all my fucking family members, and you gave one to Andrew. Like this, this is just a family member shout out episode. Clearly, yeah. Uh, my grandpa is a lifelong Tigers fan, and I called him actually on Thursday and said, "Are you watching the Tigers game right now?" Because Miguel Cabrera is one hit away from three thousand, and yeah, he he tuned in, and unfortunately, that wasn't the game that he got the three thousand hits. That was on Thursday, and that was the game that he was intentionally walked. So. Uh, hopefully he tuned in yesterday and uh yeah good to good to see it for him i mean there's hasn't been a lot to cheer about as a tigers fan of late so i'm glad that you know all of the tigers fans in our lives that we know are are getting to enjoy some some baseball right now um one thing i just wanted to talk about about that thursday game with him getting intentionally walked is like i kind of understood why they did it it's because they had Austin Meadows coming up next. They had a left-hander on the mound, so they were just looking for the lefty-lefty matchup. But in that situation, if you do that, you're going to be the fucking villain. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Aaron Boone is just so ready to be the villain in New York all the time. He's not going to think about... He doesn't care who's up there. He's not putting names to the faces. He's just seeing matchups. And to him, the better matchup was to put Cabrera on and, you know, mm-hmm. pitch to a guy that struggles against left-handed pitching. So from that aspect, I mean, I kind of got it. I'm so happy that it backfired, though, and uh, Meadows hit, a, I believe, a double. Some people were saying a single, but I, I'm pretty sure it was a double. It was a, um, I think it was a bloop single that he stretched out. Yeah, so maybe actually officially a single. Um, but, yeah, ended up scoring two runs. The thing I loved about it was fans were just booing like crazy, man. They were they were letting them rain down, and as they should. You know, you, you come to see 3,000 hits, and then the guy that is about to potentially get 3,000 hits gets fucking intentionally walked. Like, yeah, you have the right to be pissed. It's one of those situations, I think, where, like, Aaron Boone kind of made the right, the right strategic move, and the fans still have a right to be mad about it mm-hmm. you know like it's just a, one of those situations where both parties can you get we can agree to be you know i don't know i but, think uh, he maggie was walking back to the dugout i don't know if you saw this when the booze were coming down and he was like telling everybody to calm down he's like waving his hands at the crowd and then he's like pointing at the scoreboard he's like it's three nothing it's three nothing we're winning like calm down like that's that's all he cares about um I forget who it was that actually asked him some question about getting his 3,000th hit. And he said, who the fuck cares about individual accomplishments? Mm-hmm. That we just lost the game. So that's, that's where his mindset was at. Um, so, I mean, he's just, he's just a competitor. 
And I think you have to have that kind of competitive edge in order to have the success that Miguel Cabrera's had in his career. Yeah. I think uh, to go back to what you mentioned with Aaron Boone being the villain, I think he really embraces it because I think of times when Aroldis Chapman, let's say, just got absolutely lit up or he walked walks in a run, something like that, and he puts him back out there the next day in a high leverage situation. For example, I think it was against who do you walk the run in against? Either way, he walked in a run because he was brought in, bases loaded, two outs, extra innings. I think it, it might have been the Tigers and. Aaron Boone just absolutely embraces the role of I'm going to do whatever you think is the wrong idea, or I'm going to put in the guy that coming into the year, DJ LeMahieu, Gleyber Torres. He said, I, I don't know what's going on. One of the guys is going to play second. The other guy's a bench player. And to start the year, it was DJ. And then three games into the year, it was Gleyber Torres. And now it's a toss-up. He just he loves chaos. He loves just throwing, th- sweeping it under the rug. Like, yep, whatever it is, every day, every day is a different day. I'm going to put out whoever you don't think I'm going to put out. So that's Aaron Boone. He's, it's uh, terrible to be a Yankees fan right now for, is it? for a, few, a few reasons. Why it was nasty? Nestor has been absolutely dealing so far this year, so it can't be him, Greg. What what is it? I think so. The one thing I think about all the time is Aaron Judge is in a contract year with all the drama around his contract, um, and he's having other than his two home run game, I'd say a subpar year. He's not he's not playing like Aaron Judge. Joey Gallo, terrible terrible player right now. He was my kill a few few weeks ago. He's, he's been terrible ever <clears throat> since he went to New York. Yeah, the only bright spot right now in the Yankees lineup is Anthony Rizzo and Nasty Nestor. Nasty fucking Nestor, baby. Three starts so far this year. He's pitching to the tune of a 115 ERA. He's got 25 strikeouts through 15 innings. The guy is dealing. Yeah. Absolutely dealing. He's got a 320 ERA plus so far. He is the ace of the New York Yankees. Garrett Cole, suck a wang. It's Nestor all day, baby. Jordan Montgomery, I would say right now, is a number two or three in the rotation, which is embarrassing to say. Luis Severino, I guess, would be maybe number two or three, depending where you put Montgomery. But Nestor Cortez Jr., number one, ace of the staff. Tom- I mean, he, Nestor has a 14.4 strikeout per nine so far this year, a .63 whip. He's leading the league in hits per nine with only four hits allowed per nine innings. That's crazy. He is the king of changing pace. If you watch him on the mound, just, uh, for example, look up the YouTube video of him and Shohei Otani last year. He did he did a full, uh, what's the word, coordinated dance move on the mound <laughs> just to throw off Shohei's timing. It's yeah. Some Savannah banana shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, otherwise, why don't you uh, tell me a little bit about this poll that you ran? So we ran a poll recently on our Shape by Sports account, and it was who has the most annoying fan base. And we basically, I did, we broke it down like by league. So we had NFL, NBA, NHL, and MLB. And it was the Lakers for NBA. It was the Leafs for NHL. Um it was the Patriots for NFL. And then 
for the MLB, it was the most overwhelming. 75% of votes were cast towards the New York Yankees as the most annoying fan base in baseball. And to be fair, everyone said that it's Yankees like across all sports. Like they are universally the most annoying fan. Maybe not universally, because in Europe, I'm sure there's some fucking soccer club or something that's hated. Sorry, football club that's hated more than the New York Yankees. But in North America, outside of like New York, I think even Yankee fans out from outside of New York understand that Yankee fans are the worst fan base in professional sports. I'm going to throw out a little disclaimer. When 75% Greg. <laughs> this is not a small sample size. I get it. I I would agree that there's a large amount of Yankees fans that are it's In fact, it, you were one of those votes. Yeah, I voted Yankees <laughs> fans as the worst fan base. Not for myself, not for the the true baseball fanatic Yankee fans that know the history and they're they're into the team and they're respectful. I think here's my theory the yankees are and tell me if you agree or not the yankees are the most popular baseball team on the planet correct if you had to name go into a random city in nicaragua or venezuela and you said tell me a baseball team they're going to say the yankees right yes i would agree because they are the most popular team the umbrella effect of people you consider a very loosely yankee fans includes those fringe people that don't really know a lot about baseball and you get those people that let's say go to a game and don't understand the baseball etiquette and they don't know what's going on and they for example throw cans on the field or they throw garbage on the just, field just as an example just as an example i don't know if that's <laughs> happened <laughs> but they don't they don't they're a small sample size they don't represent the true uh respectful um, baseball fan or Yankee fan that respects the etiquette of the game. I, I consider myself one of those people that will they'll clap for the right thing. They will not necessarily boo the right thing because I'm not a huge fan of booing, but there's a time and a place for it. The people or the person or the fan that wouldn't throw things on the field, the, that wouldn't uh, victimize a player in that sense. Um, I don't know if you, if you know what I'm getting at. I think everyone knows what I'm getting at. Yesterday... At the Cleveland Guardians New York Yankees game, where the Yankees walked it off in the bottom of the ninth, there was some questionable activity that went on after that hit in the right field, right outfield bleachers, where cans, garbage, you name it, was thrown at. Was it Oscar Mercado that was playing right field? And Miles Straw. And it was Miles a combination Straw. Combination of the two of them. And Miles Straw had some choice words about it. I'm not gonna repeat the words. You can if you'd like, but they didn't like it. Aaron Judge did not like it. And I stand with Aaron Judge on this one. And Giancarlo Stan did not like it. They actually ran out into the right field bleachers to stop it and to essentially tell these people that they're idiots. Um, Those people don't represent the real, true Yankees fans or baseball fans. Um, That's that's my piece. That's what I have to say about the situation. Yes, yes, they are the worst fans. Yes, there are a lot of people that that qualify them or make them or put them in that category. But uh, it's a sample size. When you're the most popular team, you get people that kind of get engulfed under that umbrella, uh, whether they're baseball fans or not. And I think it's those fringe people that aren't real baseball fans that are dragging us down. Well, Miles 
Straw, who was the center fielder at the time when projectiles were being hurled at the players, says, this was his quote at post-game, classless, worst fan base on the planet. And Miles, I have to absolutely agree with you on that one. And, you know, I am, I am not a Yankees fan, thank God. I've, I've been wise enough to stay away from that trash organization. You know, yes, they have a lot of history of success and winning, but at what cost? You know, this is an organization that makes grown men shave their faces as a form of authority to just tell them, you know, we're better than you. And you know what? That facial hair you have, we think it looks gross. You have to take it off your face because you are a member of the oh-so-high-and-mighty New York fucking Yankees, okay? And this is just what happens in the cesspool of New York City and the Bronx that all of these, they have all of these songs, oh, New York, New York, Frank you know, Sinatra all of legend. this fucking bullshit, all of these goddamn self-blowing, self-filating songs that just get so, people so far up their own goddamn asses that they can't see outside of the scope of New York City and therefore think that they are the fucking best by in all, all regards. And, you know, just because you're born within this specific region, you just have this fucking mentality that you're the shit. And that is just so commonplace with people and New York sports fans. And you know what? I'll leave the Mets out of it because they have it bad enough. New York Yankees fans in general are just so up their own ass that nothing they they can't be they can't be brought back down to earth they just they have too much power they've let it get to their heads they're fucking assholes and greg you know 90 percent of the people if you watch the clips of them throwing it it's literally like 90 percent of them are into it they're cheering they're throwing shit they're saying fuck you to the players you know they were all for it. There was literally one person in the clip that I saw that was not giving it to the players or loving the moment. It was one man who was there with his little girl, and he was just sheltering her from the the hellstorm <laughs> of beer cans and and hot dog wrappers and everything, whatever was coming flying down. And that was the only person in the entire clip that I saw that was not involved. So you want a fucking representation of how many of these goddamn clowns there are? I'd say about 90 to 95% of them. So yes, Greg, you, I would not classify as it, but as, as one of those people. And, you know, there was a lot of people when you look at the actual comments for like the related posts that I'm talking about that we're saying like as a Yankees fan this shit is embarrassing this is why we get a fucking bad rap there's definitely more people that were commenting that type of shit but you could definitely find a good amount of people that were saying oh baseball needs more of this this is what we need this is this is great this is entertainment and they're the people that would have been there throwing cans and shit and you know what I'm not gonna just completely ignore the fact that the Toronto Blue Jays fan base has thrown some fucking cans in their day. The 2015, I believe it was the ALCS, maybe the ALDS. I can't remember. No, it was the ALDS because it was against uh, the it was against the Rangers, and yeah, that was the ALDS. Right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, 2015. Um, 
2015 ALDS. They, they threw it at like Shinsu Chu or something, I believe. Um, one, one clown threw a can, and then there was a bad call, and there was no players really on the field, and they were just throwing shit on the field. It is a little bit different than the Yankees because the Yankees were specifically trying to hit players. Uh, the umpire got smoked in the back at one point. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, Oscar Mercado almost got hit in the head. He caught one that was about to hit him. Like, it was a fucking mess out there. And just to see the, you know, what happened. So, a little bit of backstory, and I'm sorry that I'm kind of just fully taking this over, Greg. No, but a little say bit your of backstory. Piece. Um, so, earlier in the inning, I believe, it was Stephen Kwan ran into a wall trying to make a play and was shaken up. Apparently, the, the classless, worthless, New York Yankees bleacher creatures that were out there were making fun of him and like just hurling insults at a player that had just been wounded. Like, who the fuck insults an injured player? Like, I don't care who it is. Like, even if it's, you know, someone that who do I hate? Well, let's let's just say Manny Machado, who, for the sake of argument, I used to hate. I don't really hate him anymore. <laughs> uh, or Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa, that's a perfect example. Still one of my most hated players in the MLB. Um, if he were to, like, you know, crash into a wall and potentially have some fucking concussion symptoms, I'm not going to be sitting there going, yeah, fuck you, Correa, this is what you get. Like, you don't cheer for injuries. I don't care who it is. You don't root for people to be injured. And that's what the New York Yankees fans did. And that's why Miles Straw was climbing the wall to talk some shit to Yankees fans, telling them to get on the field and fucking fight them if they're so tough. And, you know, it was just a, it was just an ugly situation from a bunch of ugly fucking clowns. <clears throat> and, and rant. The end, eh? Well, I don't know if I have if I have much to add to that. Um, I'll say that I went to New York. I've been to the new Yankee Stadium. Never had the pleasure of going to the old Yankee Stadium, but oh, it wasn't a pleasure. Trust <laughs> me, I went to the old Yankee Stadium, and it was one of the most overrated places on planet Earth. I would say when history comes into play, for the most part, you get overrated, whatever it might be. Um, the exception, actually, it's embarrassing to admit this. The exception is Fenway. Absolutely loved yeah. Fenway. Absolutely loved Wrigley. Um, besides the point, when I went to Yankee Stadium, and this was a number of years ago, I want to say about 10 years ago now, which is crazy. Um, we met people that were sitting beside us that were actually from Burlington, Ontario, Canada. And on the other side of us, people were from Michigan. And these people were traveling. They wanted to see Yankee Stadium. They wanted to experience the the feel of what a Yankees game is like. They were playing the Blue Jays at the time, believe it or not. Um, and these people were beyond nice. They're beyond a shadow of a doubt. One of Some of the nicest people we've met. They actually had professional photography cameras and they were taking pictures of us because we had our electronics confiscated at the door, believe it or not. And they were put in a lockbox by security because apparently we couldn't bring our phone or cameras into the game. Um, Classic Yankee stuff. Yeah, I, I was pissed about that. Either way, I was young at the time. Uh, so this guy somehow was allowed to bring his professional photography big Nikon camera in. He was taking all these pictures for us. Ended up getting our email, sent us all these pictures, and they were all 
edited Photoshop professionally done. And on the other side, these people uh, brought up hot dogs to us and they said, you know what, like we're, we're new here, you're new here, you're good people, here's a bunch of food, like nice to meet you. Those are the Yankees fans that I believe should be praised, especially under when the Yankees are under this this hatred or the, in this light. Um, but just to give you the the flip side of the argument that not all Yankees fans are the beer can throwing, the mile straw fighting, the Oscar Mercado hitting in the head with debris and garbage style fans. That's all I have to say about this. There, there are good fans out there. There are people that enjoy baseball that are there for the pleasure of going to a game on a Sunday with their kid or, like you mentioned, the, the dad with his daughter. There are good fans out there. But I don't support what happened. I don't like to associate myself with those fans, and I like to think those aren't real fans. Listen, I think 100%. I went hard. Because I, I like doing that. I, I like I, I'm one of the biggest haters of New York City. I've been there a few times, and I personally find it super overrated every time I go. Agreed. Um, maybe I'm doing it wrong. I don't know. I've been going to the comedy clubs and doing all the type of shit you're supposed to do, and I just personally find it overrated. I haven't enjoyed my time in New York City as much as I have in, you know, places like Chicago or. Uh, st louis like places like that i've actually kansas city even i liked um i've enjoyed my time in other cities more than i've enjoyed my time in new york city and i just have this beef with how much like there's like a very specific type of new york person who lets all of the songs and all of the, the these things accumulate in their mind and just gives them this fucking higher high and mighty persona mm-hmm. and it really fucking pisses me off and yes i am over associating and assuming that that's all of new york because i know that it's not in fact i have a cousin that is super super nice lives in new york city um and i'll, I'll give a story too greg okay when i was it was 2008 I believe we went to actually maybe even earlier than that it might have been like 2007. Besides the point, I was young. Um, we went to New we went to New York. We went to the old Yankee Stadium in the middle of a fucking heat wave. And me being the weak little individual that I was, I actually got heat stroke and threw up all over Yankee fans in front of me. And uh, you know that was great because they were <laughs> they were fucking annoying anyways. So fuck them. Um, and <laughs> and then basically, though, I, I had to go and sit in the hallway because that old Yankee Stadium had like zero air conditioning. And it was basically like a concrete slab. Like the, the hallways were so like there was no airflow. Like it was just hot and sticky. And it was it was brutal. It was I, I thought I was going to die. Um, but there was this lady there. She was like a female police officer. Um, and she pulled me to the side and went and stole a bunch of ice from one of the, like, uh, like a beer cart or something like that and was just stuffing ice down my shirt and helping me out. And she ended up basically babysitting me for like four innings while my parents and my brother went out and watched the, you watched the Blue Jays get absolutely fucking shelled by the New York Yankees <laughs> at the time. Um, Classic. So, and yep. listen, we went, we went to Brooklyn 
and I went to this restaurant and our waitress was one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. So I understand that there's good people out there. I just think like per capita, they have one of the highest fucking quotas of like just arrogant, self-blowing fucking douchebags in the world. I think that they've got to be up there. Um, I mean, Philadelphia probably in terms of their sports fans yeah. got to be on in there as well. Um, yeah. I mean, I know it's, I know it's not everybody, but I just think that they have the most of those terrible fucking fans. Also, there is a McDonald's across the street from Yankee stadium. And when you went, I don't know if you might've gone there. Don't go there. Tara, you those Yankee fans that you were talking about, the the ones that are gonna throw the beer cans, the ones that are gonna spit on you, the 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 classless ones, we'll say, just to be be lighthearted, they're gonna be at that McDonald's, and they were at that McDonald's because my my wife and I went there just before COVID started, just a New York trip. We went by the stadium; it wasn't open for the year yet. We wanted to do a tour, and they said they're full, so we're like, okay, we're hungry, go to McDonald's. There is some shitty people at that mcdonald's just don't go to that mcdonald's there you, you go to the try to go to the bathroom and there's a lineup of two or three people and you know a family of four just slides in front of you and tells you to go fuck off and flips you the bird um not to spoil what we got later but tim anderson shout out um flips shout you the yeah flips you the bird and just takes a stall from you or takes the the pisser from you and yeah, not great people uh, they'll take your order when your order's up and they're calling calling out, oh, McDouble dude and chicken, whatever you're getting. I don't, I'm not going to judge you based on your McDonald's order. They'll say, oh, this order, and they'll swipe in, slide Super in, swipe your order. 100%. Yeah, great documentary. Um, they'll slide in, swipe your order, and leave without a, a batting an eye. Yeah, not great people at that McDonald's. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is what I'm saying. I, I found in my experience, it's not like I haven't fucking been there and been able to experience it, you know? And I do actually, as much as I don't like it, I do want to go back because it's like, you know, I'm a more evolved human being, I would think, than I was at the time. I probably wouldn't let things get to me as much. So I want to try and experience it again and just know, like, at this stage of my life, do I like it more than I used to like it? Mm-hmm. Um, Jasmine's been wanting to go there for a, a while anyway. So uh, I think we're probably going to have to do that again. Maybe check out the new Yankee Stadium. Um the Not- old one, like I said, I, I thought was kind of overrated, but I don't know. I uh, I guess that's kind of all we need to say about well, that. I I don't know what else that I need to say about New York people and New York Yankees fans that I've already, I feel like I've already said it all. Monument Park would be the best part of the stadium. So if you go to the stadium, go check out Monument Park. See all the plaques, see the history. That's, yeah, that's about it. You know, we should say too, um, I've also been somewhat fortunate to be well, I've been fortunate to be somewhat well-traveled in the baseball stadium experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to Wrigley. I've been to Fenway. I've been to Bush Stadium. Um, you know, all the ones that have, like, a really, really deep history outside of California. Haven't had the pleasure of going to uh, any baseball games in California yet, which is really unfortunate. That's because, obviously, they got some, some real good ones out there. Um, but of all of the, like, old school stadiums that I've got to go to and experience Yankee stadium is by far my least favorite. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't cause I got heat stroke. It was because the place was actually disgusting. And like the ballpark itself 
I just don't think is as interesting as those other places. The area around it mm-hmm. is not as, I didn't like it as much. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was overrated. And now they're in a fucking replica of that old one. I'm sure that it's probably like cleaner now. And you know, the hallways are probably air conditioned and shit like that. <laughs> like I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's better than the old one would be, but I don't know. I, I get annoyed with Yankee Stadium, too, with how goddamn fucking small it is. It just, you, you get all these fucking cheap home runs that just kind of piss me off a little bit. So I'm just not a big fan of Yankee Stadium, but I definitely want to try going back there. I'll call it entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> small, I mean, small it's part. fair for both teams, right? Like, yeah. that's, a, that's the thing. It is fair for both teams. If anything, it just pads the individual stats of, like, the Yankee players at the end of the year, but the wall is just as short for the opposing players hitting as well. So there's really no reason for me to be annoyed about it. It's not oh. like it's unfair. So <laughs> also quality Twitter account to go follow is will it dong. I know I told you and Isaac about it, but yeah. they, they take every home run hit or any well hit ball that may have gone out in other ballparks. And they tell you how many parks it might've gone out distance traveled. And it has the, you know, the contour of the outfield wall to show you where it would have landed quality content. No free ads, <laughs> no free ads, but go follow. Will it dong? Yeah. Greg, one more thing I just want to ask you, and this is, I mean, we're, we're, we're fucking beating a dead horse here, but why are you a Yankees fan? Okay. This is a question I really wanted to bring up today. I wanted you to tell me exactly why. You know, you hated what they did to Miggy. You've acknowledged that they have one of the biggest populations of assholes of any fan base in sports. Why are you personally so afraid to jump ship of the New York Yankees and come on board by joining the Toronto Blue Jays or another prestigious organization that actually is is worth a damn these days, you know? Why, why are you still on the New York Yankees bandwagon? Two reasons. It's very easy. Number one, not to say this is the more important reason, but number one, when I grew up watching baseball, before I had the ability to pick favorites, I was a huge Derek Jeter fan. Anytime he was on TV playing baseball, I was watching. So that's reason number one. Reason number two is my grandfather on my dad's side was a Yankees fan, and he actually pitched in the Tigers organization. Little little backstory. So uh, because he was always watching the Yankees and talking about the Yankees and I, albeit I was young, that influenced who I was watching. So, um, grandpa, big fan of the Yankees. So I started following the Yankees. I also follow the Tigers loosely just because he had a little tie to the organization, but that's the, the justification for you. Okay. That's fair. Wasn't your dad, the Cincinnati Reds fan too? Yeah, he still is. So that's embarrassing. You guys are all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Anyone but the Jays, I guess. And the Red Sox. Fuck the Red Sox. I'm pretty sure the Reds have lost 11 games in a row. Yeah, they're not good. They're really bad. <clears throat> you know, it's it's kind of funny. There's a guy in our in our group, uh, our group chat. He's in our fantasy baseball league. He's a diehard Shape by Sports loyal fan, so we appreciate you, man. Uh, but he is a diehard Cincinnati Reds fan. And I've been telling him to just get the fuck out of there. Just, <laughs> it's fine. You can change teams. No one's gonna no one's gonna hate on you for doing it. They're so bad. They're so so poorly managed. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't want to spend too much time on the Cincinnati Reds, Greg. But you look at their lineup that they had last year. If they had just made a couple more ads, like you know, went out and got a starting pitcher, 
get a little bullpen help. They were like a legitimate lineup. Like they won yeah. 80 games and had guys like Jesse Winker, Nick Castellanos. Um, Moustakis. I mean, Moustakis was shit last year. Yeah. But, I mean, they, they had some they had some good good pieces last year. I know I'm overlooking some people. Jonathan Va- India won the Rookie of the Year. Joey Votto, of course. Um, yeah, like they had Sonny Gray in their in their rotation, I believe. Uh, ended up dealing him. I, and then they go out and, like, sign guys like Mike Miner. Like, they did a fire sale prematurely, mm-hmm. in my mind. I feel like they could have um, been an actual competitor had they made a couple moves in the winning direction. But instead, they choose to take this fucking losing direction. The ownership is just being a bunch of fucking losers, being like, well, this is what happens. Like, it's not very profitable. Like, we don't make that much money. It's like... Fucking hell. You, you guys made like over $200 million in profits last year. Like mm-hmm. you could afford to, to pay some of these people a little bit more money. You know, it's just, they don't want to take a pay cut is what is what is happening. Well, and uh, they, yeah, it's, it's easier for them to, to, to make them a shitty team. They paid so. Tommy Pham, <laughs> which was a weird, weird signing, weird addition to that team. I know. And uh, so far, he's been pretty terrible. Yeah. And you know what, Greg? This actually brings me into the next segment that uh, we, we need to discuss because there was some shit that went down. Do you want to run people through what was happening? I wasn't too in tune to it. So I, I saw the, the Spark Notes. I don't know if you have more detail than I would to run through it. I mean, yeah, I, I could probably give more detail, I guess. Basically, yeah. there was a fucking slide at home plate. Um, Luke Voigt, big dude, was chugging around third base and literally was sliding to the plate and basically made contact with the head of the Reds catcher, Tyler Stevenson. Um, Now, if you actually watch it and use half of your brain, you'll realize that there was no malintent by Luke Voigt. The, The guy was literally just sliding home and there was a bit of a collision. You know, people are saying that he, like, pushed the guy's head. But, I mean, his head fell right into his chest. Like, he kind of just put his hands up in defense. It's not like he punched the guy in the fucking head as he went by. Um, anyways. And also, actually, before I move on from that, if you actually look at it, too, like, Stevenson picks the ball up and then literally leans his entire body into Luke Voigt. Like he didn't just reach out with his glove. He mm-hmm. leaned his entire he leaned his head and his entire upper body in front of Luke Voigt while Voigt was already committed to his slide. Like it was a hundred percent the catcher's fault in yeah. my mind. Um, Post game, Tommy Fa- uh, Tommy Pham said that that slide was quote dirty as fuck. He then went on to tweet that he knows a bunch of people with gym who own gyms. And he's willing to fight Luke Voigt. <laughs> so let me just uh, let me just do this, Greg. Let me hype it up for you here for a minute. So, welcome to the tale of the tape. Fighting out of the Reds' corner, we've got Tommy Pham. Oh, I fucked that up. I fucked that up big time. <laughs> I was supposed to give his weight first. So, six one, two hundred and twenty-three pounds, Tommy Pham. Fighting out of the Padres' corner, hailing from 
Missouri State University. Coming in at a whopping 6'3", 255 pounds, Luke Voigt. Greg, who do you have in the fight? It's an easy decision. I feel like you agree with me. It's Luke Voigt. Why would you ever want to go into a ring or a, a blacktop fight with a guy that looks and it has the build of Luke Voigt? Luke Voigt, probably one of the, if not the strongest individual in baseball. Yeah. Guy's fucking jacked. Uh, you know, I've listened to a couple of his interviews. He was on multiple podcasts, and he is like a gym nut. Like, he's a mm-hmm. gym hardo. Guy just pumps weights. Um, honestly, though, I would probably take Tommy Pham because I kind of think that, like, he, if he knows multiple gym owners and stuff, I've heard rumors swirling that he is, like, well-versed in, like, Muay Thai and all of these mixed martial arts-style fighting shit. You know, just because you have big muscles doesn't mean you can fight. And I feel like Tommy Pham actually might have some, some, some fighting experience in him. What kind of fight are we talking? Is it is it going to be like UFC style fight or like a boxing match style? I'm fight? thinking it's like UFC style fight. If it's boxing, I like Luke Voigt's odds better. Hundred percent. I even UFC style. I think I, I'd take Luke Voigt, but Tommy Pham's just going to hang off of his neck for and try to do some like monkey shit on him, and Luke Voigt will just like pick him up and drop him and step on him and it's game over maybe maybe i i mean he definitely has the potential to kind of throw him around a little bit but i just wanted to point out the fact that the the last time that tommy fam tried to start a fight he got fucking stabbed so i don't know he clearly has not learned his lesson from from that experience he i, I remember after he got he got so for those of you who don't know he was at a strip club and basically started a, a bit of some wild shit there was like a a bit of a fight that broke out and guy ended up getting fucking shanked in the back uh, a big like an actual like severe stab wound like not just like a little pocket knife like guy got fucking shanked right in the back um and you know obviously that's a scary situation there's video of it if you want to see it it's pretty nasty, but you can look it up if you want. There's a lot of blood. Um, Yeah. Like he said, after that happened that he needs to be more careful about like who he associates with and the situations he's putting himself in. And, you know, he, there's just, there's been no growth really. Like we thought that he had evolved and got away from this. And here he is not even a fucking dirty slide. He's out here trying to fight people again. So Tommy Pham has not learned his goddamn lesson. <laughs> I was no, never... would, you, would you pay for a pay-per-view, Greg, of, uh, of Luke Voigt versus Tommy Pham? Honestly, probably not. It would, be a, <laughs> it would be a quick fight. Waste of money. You think Luke Voigt would just slam on that? Eh? You just watched the, the clip after on social media of him getting slammed? <laughs> Depends who else is on the card, too. <laughs> If we're I mean, seeing they, like a uh, Amir Garrett versus Pirates bench, I'll I'll watch that. <laughs> the whole bench, it's yeah. just like they just keep letting people into the ring, and he just keeps knocking them down. That'd be <laughs> hilarious. I mean, they they've done like the uh, so many of these things now, it, thanks to Jake Paul, right? Like yeah. all of these fucking celebrity like boxing matches and shit. Like this could happen, but I think Luke Void is too smart. He's not gonna fucking do that. So. Um, 
I mean, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I think it was a it was a stupid situation. I think Tommy Pham super overreacted to the slide, and uh, I don't I don't know if these teams play again. I would imagine that they probably play again at some point this year. I'd be interested to see if Luke Voigt is getting drilled in his his next AB against the Reds. Well, maybe <laughs> more conflict. There's been a lot of fucking violence and like fighting and stuff in the MLB this so far. Uh, a more funny form of, you know, fans versus players. Basically, uh, Tim Anderson had uh, a heckler at one of his games. Just, they yelled out, if you broke it down, it sounded like the fan said, hey, Tim, that's 10. And referring to the fact that the White Sox had given up 10 runs. Um, thanks, Dallas Keuchel. Hmm. <laughs> Basically, uh, Tim Anderson just short fuse, you know, just gave them a finger. Just put his put his middle finger up right to him. It was clear as day on camera. The funniest part is that the camera was actually on him like during the broadcast because they had just finished a comp of like Tim Anderson to Pete Rose. That's who they were comparing. And then it, it, the camera panned to, to Tim Anderson who was just giving a fan the finger. So... <laughs> I absolutely love it. Like, no harm, no foul. Like, giving someone the finger, come on. Like, you, we, we all do that. We all yeah. just, like, to your friends and stuff. Like, a simple, like, fuck you in, like, competitiveness. There's no real malintent behind that. And I'm sure Tim Anderson doesn't actually fucking hate the fan that was, like, you know, heckling him and stuff. He mm-hmm. was just, at the moment, it was just like, you know what, fuck you. <laughs> and I loved it, so... Uh, that's a that's a clip worth looking up if you want to to check that out. Um, we should fire through this. You know, we're getting near the hour mark here, Greg. So uh, one more thing I just want to talk about uh, before we get into our fantasy segment quickly, which is the fuck, Mary kill game. Um, yes. I just want to ask you about umpire headset calls and like what you've thought of it so far. Uh, for me personally, I've actually been, I, I love the idea of them bringing in, you know, the headsets. And, and having the umpires address the fans and let us know what's going on on the field. You know, the, the problem I have found with it so far is that they're really not giving any valuable information when they do it. Mm-hmm. It's basically like after reviewing the play, the call on the field is overturned, the runner is out. You know, that's as much information as they give. And I feel like they're kind of wasting it because we know that. Like, they always said... Like they would come out and give the out or the safe. So you knew if the call was getting overturned, Mm -hmm. they're just talking now at this point, just to talk. What I would like to see happen is they actually give an explanation of what they saw. They need to break it down a little bit more. Like upon review, you know, the runner coming home made it under the tag and his toe touched the plate before the tag was applied. Therefore the call is overturned. He is safe. You know, like I want, I want to hear an explanation like that um, mm-hmm. for some of the more complex things. Like, uh, you know, if it's a foul ball or something. Uh, after review, our cameras determined that the ball disappeared behind the foul pole, and therefore it is a foul ball, no home run. The count yeah. is whatever. You know, like I, that's what I want the headsets to be, and it hasn't been that yet. So I think it's just I feel like it's a wasted opportunity at this point. I agree. And I think being at the game and watching it on TV is so different in that sense, because when you're at home, you see the replays and they slow it down and they zoom in and you really get 
essentially your own video replay and they're just confirming in that very abbreviated version what you saw at home but being at the stadium you don't have the close-up you don't have the slow-mo you don't have the replay so essentially you got to you know call mom dad friend at home saying hey what's it look like what like what do you think how's it how's it going to turn out and you don't have the the convenience of your own video replay so when they come out and they say after review runner safe you have no idea what they were even looking for, like whether they were looking for if the foot's on the bag or if they're looking for getting in under the tag or if the ball is in the glove or what, whatever it might have been. You have no idea. Like to, to your point, you, all they're doing is just saying, no, oh, you know, we looked at it and, you know, we were right the first time. So we'll keep playing. Yeah, <clears throat> there has to be a little context given. They need to fill you in as a fan in the stadium on what's going on. On that note, also. The Teoscar Hernandez, I, don't, I I assume you remember this, game one of the year, that absolutely electric video review call that the ump made, where he, I think it was Teoscar coming home, and he just, like, by a hair slid in under the tag from, uh, I guess it was Mitch Garver at the time, where the Jays beat the Rangers. That was electric factory, you know, bells, whistles. That's what you want out of the calls. And I, I don't remember what the exact spe- specifics of the call were, whether, you know, they gave all the detail that we're talking about. But just the crowd reaction was insane to that. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty – it was uh, It was good. I remember. I do remember that. I just think that we need, we need more of that. We need more energy from the empires, mm-hmm. and we need a better explanation. And I think that, you know – I think that it'll come. I think that we'll get it. All right, Greg. Well, that brings us into our fantasy segment, which is the fuck, Mary kill game. So for those of you who are not familiar, basically we have turned the fuck, Mary kill game that everyone used to play as into our fantasy segment. Basically, your fuck is the person that you should just pick up for like a week or just while they're hot or whatever, and then you're going to let them go. It's like a one-night stand type of vibe. Um, Next up, you got your Mary. This is someone that you could potentially see being a play long-term. That doesn't mean that you might have a divorce partway through the season if things don't go (laughs) awry, but you're willing to risk it with this person. You're willing to stick it out with them for a while. So uh, that's that's our Mary. And then your kill is basically someone that you are ready to drop and think is kind of over over owned or overvalued who you should probably just cut ties with so greg do you want to start it out with your fuck for the week i'm gonna go with who are you taking home for one night i'm gonna go with dylan bundy and he is a name that i don't think anyone had on the radar coming into the season but i'll run you his numbers here he's made three starts uh total of 15.1 innings pitch or 15 and a third so he's going five innings a game he is 3-0, and uh, 12 Ks, one walk, sub-1 ERA, sub-1 whip for a Twins team that has high aspirations. So I'm going to take Dylan Bundy short-term. I'm taking him home for the night. Did you check his ownership percentage? Uh, 50%, but it's gone up 30. Okay. It's gone up 30% within the last, I guess, week. Yeah. So start of the season as 20% owned. We try to use like for for our our pickups for the week, like your streamers or whatever. We try to use like the fifty percent threshold as like guys that might be attainable. If they're over fifty percent, there's a good chance that they're taken in your league. Um, 
but guys that are right on that fringe, like Dylan Bundy, I mean, and like Greg said, it's just climbing right now. Um, worth worth checking out. Uh, is Greg, he's on the Twins now, right? Yeah. Am I mistaken? He is. Um, so his matchup this week is actually Friday at Tampa Bay. So he only has one pickup, but um, I mean, you can run him. Tampa Bay's offense hasn't been that great this far so far this year. So I'm still willing to take shots on uh, on on guys against Tampa Bay this year. So mm-hmm. not a bad pickup. Um, I'm actually going to stick with the uh, the theme of picking a Minnesota Twins pitcher as the fuck. So these guys were, were out at the bar. Greg and I were scoping them out. We we're picking up Minnesota Twins pitching this week for a good time. And uh, we I am going to take home with me uh, Chris Paddock. So he has a two-start week. This is typically what I look for in, um, in pitchers for just like uh, I'm looking for someone that has two starts, can give me two starts for the week. Uh, it's especially valuable in leagues where you don't have as many matchup acquisitions, mm-hmm. um, like especially like daily ones where you can pick up a new pitcher each day. Uh, it's, it's good if you only have a few matchup acquisitions per week to, to find someone that has two starts. So I'm actually going to give more than one person that has two starts, a couple guys that I'd be interested in. But I think the one that I'm most interested in this week is Chris Paddock. Uh, he hasn't had great numbers so far. He's got like a five ERA and a 122, uh, but he kind of just got lit up against the Dodgers. His second start was better. And I expect that, you know, he'll, he'll have some more success this week. Uh, he's facing the Detroit Tigers and the Tampa Bay Rays. So those are kind of like two teams that I feel pretty comfortable with Chris Paddock going out there against. He's got some strikeout potential. Uh, he's just a matchups guy to me at this point in his career. I wouldn't be running him out there against good offenses. Uh, <laughs> so take advantage of the weak matchups this week. And uh, Chris Paddock is going to be my pickup, I think. A um, couple other guys, and he's also only like 8% owned, so he should be pretty readily available in your league. Um, a couple other guys worth taking a look at for me include, uh, who do I have here? Uh, Tristan McKenzie. He's got a two-start week as well. He's higher owned. He's a 61%. And, uh, you know, he actually might be a guy that is worth kind of keeping around for a while. He mm-hmm. has uh, really good numbers so far this season. Uh, I don't have them up in front of me, but I can I can do that. Um, he basically he is starting against the Los Angeles Angels, whose offense I have not been impressed with. You basically have to deal with Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, and then you kind of are facing average or below average major league hitters for the rest of it. Um, I just pulled up his numbers here so far. Only eight innings pitched so far, but, I mean, he's he's just getting stretched out, and he'll hopefully get some more innings in his next starts. Uh, but he's got a 108 ERA, a .6 whip, 10.8 strikeouts per nine so far. So uh, he's looked really good in the early going. You know, he's a guy that actually has had a lot of potential. So this is a guy that could potentially be a longer-term hold. He should actually maybe be more of a Mary. Uh, but you can pick him up this week and see how he does. He's facing the Angels and then Oakland. So two, I would say, below average offenses. Uh, kind of like that matchup for him. Um, and then lastly, another guy worth taking a look at this week, I would say, is Michael Lorenzen. 
So he, for those of you who don't know, he was actually like a closer basically on um, the Reds last year. Went to the, the Angels in the offseason and is now a starting pitcher for them. Uh, he's started three games so far this year. He's got a 4.66 ERA, a 103 whip. Uh, where is his FIP here? I'm trying to find it. I don't even know. Why is it not showing me his FIP? Okay, 491, not as good as I thought. <laughs> so a little bit of a riskier play. Uh, he's against Cleveland and Chicago White Sox. So this is like a more desperate pick. This is like your last mm-hmm. resort. Use the other two guys first, I would say, if they're available. But just giving you some options here. Uh, you know, Isaac's not joining the podcast. So I just wanted to give the listeners some some extra options. Um, he's He's got some innings so far. I think he had a bad start, actually, in his last game against the uh, – who, who would he play? He played Houston or something and kind of got lit up against them. Um, yeah, gave up four runs in three and a third against Houston. Houston's a very good offense. I, I kind of think of them as someone I, I nece- wouldn't necessarily stream against. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a good start in his first outing, actually. He went six innings, one earned run, uh, only two hits allowed, and seven strikeouts against Miami. So he's a guy I think that has some upside, some potential, just worth throwing a dart at if if you're desperate. Oh, Greg, that was too much talking. Okay, <laughs> I, I give me your do, Mary for the week. I want to do my kill. I'm going okay. out of out of order here. I am gonna I'm gonna kill with a, a knife and a grenade and a atomic bomb. Patrick Corbin. This is a guy that's three years-ish now removed from being in Cy Young candidacy. He has pitched just over 13 innings. Um, and how many runs? His ERA is 11.2. Twice He's made four starts twice this year. He's gone under three innings, giving up six or more runs. He's not racking up the case. He's never he, So far this season, he hasn't uh, accumulated more than four Ks in a game. So he hasn't struck out more than four guys in an entire game. He's 0-3, um, yeah, with that 11.2 ERA, 2.56 whip, and he's still 50% owned somehow. I'm, there, there is the potential there because he is a past Cy Young candidate that you know, he may turn around, but I'm, I'm dropping him. I'm running away. I, I'm not touching him with a 10-foot pole. Patrick Corbin. I think that's a good one, Greg. I, I mean, now should I jump to my <laughs> kill? I probably should, right? You can do whatever you want. I'll jump to my. I'll do my kill as well. Uh, it's from Greg's favorite team, the New York Yankees. <laughs> it is Glaber Torres. I'm parting ways with him. I think that it, you know it's about time that you do as well. I mean, actually, I never drafted him, so I'm not parting ways with him. I I, I thought it was a bad pickup from the beginning, uh, but he basically is a bench player at this point. You know, he's a guy that if he's in there full time and you're in a deeper league. I can see you potentially holding on to Glaber Torres. But he is off to a bad start. He's batting 195. He's only hit one home run so far. Um, like I said, he's he's in a bench role right now. DJ LeMahieu is getting the most time. Um, I just wouldn't be hanging on to him. I don't think there's enough value there. I think you can do better in free agency. So I'm going to kill Glaber Torres. Um, yeah. And, you know, he's a guy that maybe keep on your watch list. And if he starts getting regular at-bats mm-hmm. and he's heating up a little bit, you can pick him up again. But I think 
you're probably safe to drop him and not have him picked up by anyone right now because who's going to pick up a bench player? Mm-hmm. So that's my kill for the week. Um, I'll go back to back here, Greg. I've got Miles Mikolas as my Mary this week. And, you know, he's actually, uh, he's a two-star guy this week as well. So a really good option to, to pick up this week. Uh, he is only 26% owned. So he's pretty readily available. Um, so even if you just want to stream him, see how he does this week. He's got off to a really good start this season, though. He's got a 176 ERA, a 104 whip, and he's actually got a 217 FIP, which basically would indicate that you know his ERA will go up a little bit from 176, but he's been pitching very, very well. Um, this is a guy, Greg, that was an all-star in 2000. And 18 pitched 200 innings that year, ended up with a 283 ERA. You know he's not a, he's not the biggest strikeout guy, but he can give you good ratios still. And this year he actually has been striking out a good amount of players. So uh, I kind of like Miles Mikolas moving forward as a bit of a bounce back candidate. You know he's been like 2019, 2021. 20, he was kind of around like a 418. ERA between those two seasons and that's not that bad really like if you're getting a guy that's giving you innings and stuff like that ERA is is decent Um, and it those were kind of considered struggle years for him so if he can get back to you know like his 2018 form you could be looking at someone here that is someone you're going to want to keep on your roster all year long now I kind of have an ultimatum with Miles Mikolas before I commit to marriage with him. His first start this week is against the New York Mets. So that's a pretty good offense. Prior to that, he's faced Pittsburgh, Milwaukee, and Miami. Mm -hmm. So those aren't very good offenses. That could be part of the reason he's got really good numbers at this point. I'm kind of waiting to see. I'm picking him up this week and taking a risk on him. If he gets absolutely shelled against the Mets... I'm probably just going to let him go. But if he can actually, like, you know, hang... I'm not asking for him to come out and give me six shutout innings, but if he can hang in there and, like, put up a decent start against a really good offense that is the New York Mets, I'm ready to commit to Miles Mikolas for a while. I like it. I I would agree kind of with everything you said. Kind of A few years ago, he had the upside. He was opening day starter how many times in a row for the, the cards. I like Mikolas. Mikolas, Mikolas. It might be Mikolas. I don't know. I always called him Mikolas. <clears throat> Mikonos. He's like a Greek guy. Yeah. I don't know if he's actually got Greek heritage, but that's what I think of. He's um, from Fort Lauderdale, so probably not. Yeah. He he used to have a, or maybe he still does have a nasty mustache, eh? Oh, he does. Still. Yeah, that has not left. Okay, good. I like to see he keeps those things going. Um. <laughs> I'm going to fire my Mary pick here. And there's two guys right now, actually. And I, I might change up my mind here last second. But the one I'm going to go with is there's a contingency or a condition to it. Um, and it's the health of other guys in the rotation that would keep him in the rotation actually getting starts. And it is a young gun, used to be a top prospect, uh, and it is Mackenzie Gore, who technically qualifies as a rookie still. Uh, I'm going to marry Mackenzie Gore. So far, he's pitched 10 and a third, uh, given up two runs, 10 Ks. He's got good strikeout stuff. 
and I think because of his pedigree, because of how he's pitched so far this year, he's a guy that as long as there's a spot open in the rotation, and again, it is a busy, full uh, pitching staff in San Diego. But it is an injury-prone pitching staff as well. Exactly. So Blake Snell is coming back from injury, which might push him out. But you have guys like Mike Clevenger and you Darvish. Clevenger, I think, is still out. You Darvish is a guy who's struggled with injury in the past. Sean Manaya, you never know what what could happen there. So I I think Mackenzie Gore is a good Mary pick here when it comes to pitching. Um, again, pedigree. He's got the stuff. He's pitched really well so far in his two starts that he's had. Um, the other guy that I would consider is Josiah Gray in Washington. Uh, other than his first start against the Mets, he shut down a Braves lineup over five innings to the tune of one hit, which I really like. Uh, and then he had a start against Arizona where he gave up one run over five and a third. Uh, so I like Josiah Gray again, high pedigree. He's got the stuff. You just got to put it all together. So those two guys would be my considerations to marry. And for, uh, logistics sake, I'll take Gore as my official pick. Okay. Um, Josiah Gray is an interesting guy. He basically has been, he's somewhat highly touted. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what, uh, I mean, also this year so far, pitching pretty well. Um, isn't he? Why does it say yeah. 2022 931 ERA here? But then, he's got three fourteen. If you actually look, it's 314. Yeah. yeah, there's an issue. There's a glitch on uh, on baseball reference right now. Um, he basically kind of had, like, he had struggles last year for sure, giving up the home run. But he is kind of like one of these guys that's a little bit highly touted. Like, the organization thinks highly of him. The league kind of thinks highly of him. He just hasn't really put it together yet. So yeah. if he can kind of take that next step, uh, yeah, he could definitely be a valuable asset. Like you said, strikeout potential, that's obviously important for most fantasy leagues. Yeah. So, interesting pick. Or, well, it's not your, it's not your official Mary. <laughs> yeah, he's your, he's your, like, side bay, basically. Also, side note, Andrew Heaney, out of left field, quite literally, has put, I mean, he's on the aisle now, but hasn't given up an earned run this year. Hasn't given up, given right. up a home run. Those of you who have been avid listeners of the show might remember that Andrew Heaney was my kill for the first week of the show. I said, fuck that guy. I've seen so much over his career that has just left me disappointed. Last year had a 732 ERA in 12 appearances for the New York Yankees. He was absolutely horrendous, getting absolutely shelled. So I dropped him. I, well, I, didn't ha- I, never ho- I never owned him again, but I had him as my kill. And, you know, I thought he was being overdrafted. He was, I'll give you, he's been very, very good so mm-hmm. far this season. Albeit the fact that he had two fucking starts. So let's pump the brakes for him, okay? Yeah. Andrew Heaney has put together two good starts, and now he's on the injured list. Let's relax a little bit. We'll let it play out a little bit before you, you commit to marriage with Andrew Heaney. Yeah. Um, Just found it interesting. We'll I mean, I'm I'm not rooting against the guy, you know. Even though I've I've said I think he's terrible, I'm not rooting for him to continue being terrible. So, if he wants to figure it out and be good again, I mean, the best he's ever been in his career is 2018. He had a 4.15 ERA <laughs> through 30 starts. Um, I mean, I I just don't get what people are seeing in Andrew Heaney. He literally yeah. has a 4.65 career ERA. 
that has just been con- and he's been consistently bad the last two years. So I don't know. It is what it is, man. Yeah. If you want to take a shot at him when he comes off the injured list, go for it. But I'm two starts is not enough for me to say that Andrew Heaney is going to be a decent pitcher. Yeah, agreed. Well, that's about it. I I would say for today, eh, Greg. Yeah. We, uh, I got nothing to add. Decent length of pod. Yeah. Yeah. We'll uh, look forward to some more baseball this week. I'm sure some more crazy storylines will come up. It seems to happen every fucking week. So uh, good luck in your fantasy matchups. We hope you win them all. And we will catch you next week. Oh, wait. Didn't do my uh, didn't do my sign-off here. Follow us at Shape by Sports. Follow us at Diamond Gems Podcast. Like, subscribe, leave a nice review. Check out our website, shapebysports.com. That is it. That's all I needed to say. Have a good week.